Hello, welcome to Dad Main, a podcast for creative dads. My name is Corey Miller, joined by the illustrious Kyle Adams. How's it going, Kyle? Illustrious. Sure. I'm doing good. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I like these descriptors you come up with for me. I have to have a new one every week. I, and I think we did this on, I think I started doing it on the last show, and then I started doing it on this show and forgot that I had done it on the last show. I guess I just have a brand, dude. Is it a thing now? It's always been a thing. Okay. It's like part of your brand image now. <sighs> you know, Or is it mine? I, is it mine? Are you actually giving me a brand image? That's a good question. I think I don't care to know the answer to. <laughs> I don't know. How, how, how does that work? If I'm giving you a label, it's not your fault. Like it's not, that's not your thing. It's, that's my problem. My this is hurts. easily the worst start to a podcast we have ever done. <laughs> how's, I don't know. Your, um, how's your Thursday going? It's going pretty good. I, like, <laughs> I feel okay. like I have zero updates. <laughs> uh, I just had some coffee. I actually have an entire, entire beautiful coffee here with you me. Know, For anyone who might be watching the show, uh, there is a beautiful coffee. That plays well into your story from the last episode. <laughs> My... About not drinking coffee? About not drinking coffee, and then you held up coffee, and you're like, and I'm drinking coffee right now. <laughs> oh, man. Are you mad at me now? I am a little bit, although I'm not, because you called me out, so thanks. Well, you know, if, if you say it on a show, it's out there for everyone to know. That's my motto. That's your motto. <laughs> This is this is kind of a terrible start to the show. It is. Really what are we bad. talking about st- today, Corey? You want to start from fresh? You should start over again. No, no, no. I think it's good. I think we're good. Well, on today's episode, now that I've gone through and edited all of the terrible stuff that we just talked about and is no longer going to be in the final recording, um, on today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about some thoughts that I had following watching a video that I saw, like a video essay the other day. Um, and it stood out to me so much that I actually journaled about it. Um, I wrote it down. I've been having these, um, I don't know where the actual thing is, but I, I've gotten into using these Leichturm books, book, little booklets. It's like a little, it's like the size of a field notes, but it's thicker and you can use it with like a ruler, like ruled lines or dots or whatever. Um, and, and I, and I've started using that for just outputting everything that's in my brain. Um, tried to do digital like notes and yada 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 all the time, um, but I, I just really like the the physical aspect of it. Anyways, so I was journaling about it, and there was something specifically in this video that I've kind of not been able to stop thinking about um, for the last couple of days. And the video is by a creator um, who goes by Venus Theory. Um, he's a musician and makes like video essays on things about being a creator and about being a musician. Um, his, his name is Cameron. I don't know his last name, but, um, but on, uh, on YouTube, you can look him up Venus theory and he's got a, um, a video titled like, it's like something like music minimalism or minimalism in music, why you can't finish anything or something like that. And the whole, like his intro, the whole beginning of the video, he starts off talking about how um, there are pieces of music, literally like famous pieces of music that are um, extremely simple, like two people clapping, you know, and that's the whole composition or 
Um, one that he brings up is there's, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a composition where there are, as part of the music, there's like a bunch of different segments of melodies that any, anyone in the you know orchestra or the band, you just pick some, you pick something on the sheet and you just kind of play it. And, and you, there's no rhyme or reason to how you play it. It's kind of like a cacophony kind of a thing, but it means that no performance is the same as another. And it's just this totally random, um, but it's written down and all that. And, um, and there's also, um, a pretty famous piece by John Cage. I think it's called 433. I'd be off on that, but it's, um, it's like four minutes and 33 seconds. I think that's the correct time. It's something like that, but it's four minutes and 33 seconds where he sits down at the piano, opens it up and then sits there and, or the orchestra just sits and doesn't play. And it's, everyone initially thought it was like, oh, it's, it's silence. Silence is the instrument here, but actually it's the whole, like, what is the ambiance? Like, what do you hear when you're not hearing the music? And that becomes the performance. And so his point is, if these can be compositions, then why can't you finish anything? <laughs> right? Like that That's like the point of his intro is you have all of these, you know, these pieces, these pieces of music or art pieces that are just incredibly simple and are, you know, incredible um, or are, are famous or whatever. And then the point being, so why can't, why can't you do that? Why, why, why does it take you so long to finish anything? And um, that's not the part that stood out to me. The part that stood out to me was he, somewhere in the middle of the video, he says something along the lines of nine times out of 10, when you get writer's block, it's because you're worried about what it won't be. And that's the piece that stood out to me is when you're writing a piece of music, you're too caught up in what the finished product will not be. And that resonated with me so deeply. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking about all of the songs that I have started and never finished as a musician uh, or all of the, you know, I've tried to write books in the past or I've tried to, I don't know, draw pictures or learn a skill or anything like that. And I've never completed it. And, and if I really get to the heart of it, I think it's because of this exact thing. And it was mind blowing to me that he said this. Cause I was just like, Oh my gosh, that that's it. That's me. Because I'm worried. Like if I finish this song, but I don't do it right, it's not going to be a hit or it's not going to be streamed a bunch, or it's not going to be interesting to the people who found my last song interesting or I'm not going to look at it and be proud of it. And I'm thinking of all of the things that it won't be. Um, it's not going to be, you know, top streaming on Spotify to go alongside Lady Gaga and Taylor Swift and Harry Styles, or I don't know, I don't know who's at the top of the <laughs> billboards these days. Um, but that's what I want to talk about is just that, that idea of you're not finishing the thing because you're worried about what, what it won't be. Um, so based on that kind of mashup of this video, I, I forgot to send it to you earlier and I'm really, I feel bad about that because I think you would, I think you'd like it. I'd, lo- I'd love for you to, to watch it afterwards um, at yeah, some point and I'd love to hear more what your thoughts are. But based on that, do you, do you resonate with that at all? Is that, what do you think of that? Yeah, actually, as you were telling that story, I was thinking about um, my newsletter actually because mm. sometimes... I try to open loops in my newsletter so that, you know, the next one kind of fulfills a promise from the one before. 
And I think sometimes when I do that, I have it in my head that, oh, the next one is going to be epic, right? Like, yeah, like this one kind of built up to things and the next one's going to be fantastic. And then I write the next one and I sort of sit there like, oh, this isn't like, this isn't the amazing thing I thought it would be. And I almost scrapped the entire idea because in my head, I'm like, well, this isn't the most epic thing I've ever written. This isn't going to be the greatest thing anyone's read on my list. Right. And then I start getting in my own head about it, like, or or kind of making up what other people would think like, well, they're, they're not going to feel like this is what I was building up to. Or, (laughs) and most people probably don't care that much. It's like still good information or it's good writing or whatever. But sometimes I get in my own head about this thing. Isn't what's, I, I don't know if that makes sense. Like it, it comes from yeah, an idea. Yeah. Like I think there's two ways that this can happen where it's, it's not, you're worried about what it won't be because either you have preconceived expectations and once you get into creating it, it doesn't fulfill those expectations or you just don't start creating because you, you're worried about like, if I do start making this, it's not going to turn out the way I think it should. I right. think there's kind of two ways to go down that path. Yeah, I I, I totally get that. Um, or or getting paralyzed by the like, uh, I I could start it, but there's something I I can't quite make what's in my head that finished product. I can't make it happen now. You know, um, I don't do a lot of writing as much as you do, but I'm sure you have this kind of. Um, I'm sure you've experienced this of the writing something and then going back through and editing it or doing an outline and then kind of crafting it. I am so bad at doing that. I want to just do, I want to get it out there and have it be done. And, and that spills over into music as well, because um, as you know, when you're making music, you typically, this is the typical process is you write the tune, whatever it is, you write it, you do like a demo of it, you know, or like a like a scratch take. That's what they call like a scratch recording, where you put on the metronome and then you just play it through, and then you record tracks. You just do all of the raw, just record it in, put it in there, and then you get to the editing process where you're like moving things around, you're changing tones or sounds or whatever if you need to, silences, and then you mix it or have somebody else mix it so that everything is balanced correctly and things going on there, and then you master it. And the mastering is the last kind of piece of that puzzle to get it ready to be played and you know on the radio or on Spotify or on a CD or whatever. And I, in my head, I hear what I want it to sound in the mastered phase, but I'm in the like writing phase, you know. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I just I want it to sound that way now, and I get impatient. And when it doesn't sound that way, I get discouraged. And I'm like, oh, I just, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get, because you're not supposed to be worrying about that stuff in the early phases of it, you know? Um, I mean, you're, you're, you're an artist as well. Like, you know, those times when you have to draw the sketch out first, you can't just draw on all of the layers immediately and have it look perfect. But that's also, I think that's also because that's what we see the inspiration from. You know, we talked about inspiration earlier on. Uh, some of the early episodes 
But like when you get inspiration, you're seeing the final piece. You're not seeing that gradual process and not even the gradual learning process, but just like the gradual process of that image or that piece of music. You just get that final piece. And um, and I and that's where all that inspiration comes from. You know, you're like, oh, I want it to sound like that. You know, I want it to be something like that. But that process of getting there can, for me, I just feel like can be so, maybe discouraging isn't the right term for it, but, and I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's that feeling of like, how do I get it to be that thing over there? But when it doesn't right now, it makes me not want to work on it, I guess, you know, that feels so dumb to even say out loud, you know, but I think this is no, reality. It's a thing. Yeah. Like I would describe it as frustration personally. Mm. because I know that I get frustrated. Like if I'm writing something and, and and I'm trying to edit as I write, I get so frustrated because I'm thinking about what I want to conclude with, like the, the rest of how it should go. And I'm also thinking about what it says in the moment. And I'm kind of like going back and re like, it's this restarting process instead of just trusting the normal process, which like when I do this, I feel much better for some reason. I don't always do it, which is write out a rough draft, basically just whatever mm. I think in the moment and then going back and doing edits. And I guess most importantly, taking a break between writing something rough and doing edits, because then just like with music, you hear the faults more than you would in that moment. You notice the faults in it and you can kind of just like, it's almost like somebody sent it to you and now you're hearing it for quote unquote, the first time. Okay. Yeah. Like I see this should change and that should change. Um, same thing with writing, same thing with like design illustration kind of stuff that, um, that I've done as well. Like I know with illustration, I would, (laughs) I constantly like don't want to sketch things. I like the idea of sketching. I'm just not great at sketching. Right. (laughs) But yet again, yet again, it's what I, what it won't be. Right. It's not going to be, a fantastic sketch. So why should I do it? Yeah, it's not even the not even the finished product, but like the the in between isn't going to be good. <laughs> yeah, like I'm yeah. not good at sketching, so why should I do it? And I think a lot of people kind of get there and they see these other people online especially where you see someone who does really good digital illustration for example, and they do sketches and the sketches are fantastic. And you're like, "Well, I would sketch before I do my work, but like I'm not that good at sketching, so right. probably not going to do. It. Like it's you, you're you're worried about what it won't be, but if you weren't worried about what it won't be, that was a, quite a sentence there. I got uh, you. Yeah, yeah. Then, there. then you would just do it, and eventually you'd be really good at it. So, you know, if I could sit down, I'm kind of, I guess, preaching to myself a little bit at the moment. But if I could just sit down and write like write out whatever it is I want to write a newsletter or social posts, whatever, just write them, leave them, come back a day later, edit them. I'd be so much better off. Like (laughs) I would actually get good even at those drafts because I'd start to see things a little more clearly instead of sitting in it and getting frustrated and saying, well, eventually just kind of throwing your hands in the air and saying, well, this idea just isn't going to work because obviously I'm taking too much time and it's not making sense and I may never come back to it. Right. Do you feel, how do you feel that plays in with your deadlines? Um, And I ask that because as you're saying all of this stuff, I know that 
you, I mean, you've said this to me before. I can't remember if you said it on the podcast or not, but you've said that oftentimes you do your emails the day before you schedule them. Not always, but many times. Yeah. And, and that's actually a great restriction, right? Like that's a great, um, not restriction, but the, um, what's it called? Uh, I'm just going to say restriction because I don't know what the word is, but it's, it's a great way to force yourself to not get stuck in the, what it won't be because you know that you have to get that out the next day. Uh, and having that sort of um, requirement, I suppose, where you know you've got to get something like this out, you can't spend too much time in the, oh, my sketch isn't that good, you know, or, oh, this doesn't sound so good. Like, you have to, you got to do it, you know, because it needs to go out the next day. And have you, I, I wonder how that plays into, like, when you have a time crunch or you've procrastinated, let's just be honest, yeah. um, how then does that impact everything that we've now been talking about. Yeah. I like, well, first of all, I'm trying to improve that process because <laughs> <Okay>. I think <laughs> it's, you're, it's interesting. You saw that in a positive light. I can see what you're saying. There's a constraint and it forces you to That's the word. push through. I was constraint. I said restriction, but I meant constraint. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were thinking together there. I got cool. you. Uh, but yeah, there's a constraint. You push yourself through to make it happen because you have a deadline and you're right. That part's good, but there's a lot of downsides. Like Mm. what if I'm sick that day? What if like, what if somebody else I know, like somebody else in my family is sick that day? What if I lose my internet connection for that entire day and I can't do anything to make sure this is out? Like there's a lot of things I want to improve. And I think, um, just like just on that topic, I want to write drafts like we talked about earlier or I talked about earlier mm-hmm. of just writing a draft of and what's crazy is if you just put down the like your initial creative thoughts of something, even a song like you could probably write six different things in one sitting because you're just all you're doing is brain dumping. You're not worried about right. this is going out to somebody. You're not worried about what it won't be, right? You're just putting it out there. Yeah. And and it's only for you. It's not for anybody else. It's for you. And you can come back to that later and edit and decide if those ideas are great or not, or if you want to use them. That's what I'm trying to get to in my creative process is doing that. Um, But I think like, as far as that current way of like, it's the day before and I have a deadline I think there's a huge thing to watch out for in that, like getting frustrated, writing it, worrying about what it won't be is that, and I've done this in the past. I'm trying so hard not to do it because I have noticed this about myself. But Mm. if I do that, if I get too in my head about it and I get frustrated and I stop, I'll end up putting something out there that's somewhat mediocre Right. Because I'll just (laughs) eventually throw my hands in the air and say, okay, I'm going to write the conclusion to this. And like, it's just going to be what it is. Just do it. Yeah. And I'm going to put it out there. And it's not like really well thought through. And it's not Mm. like it. It's not to say it's terrible, but just that, that action makes me realize that, you know, in this case with a newsletter, something you're sending out to people, like it's a waste of their time, right? To, yeah. Like you're you're not treating their time with respect and care, which I would say actually bleeds over into a lot of creative pursuits, even yeah. music. Let's say you had, you know, you were 
putting stuff out on Spotify and you'd spent, I don't know, weeks, months, a year or more on a song and you put it out there and it was really popular and people loved it. And then you're like, well, I'm, you know, people love my music. So I'm going to start writing another song and you get frustrated and you're just like, okay, I want to put a song out this month. I'm putting one out every month. Uh, I guess like we're just going to have it go out like it is. It's such a like it's such a letdown of the people who wanted that really good final product from you. Yeah. Yeah, that that's it's it's tricky, right? Because when you have it it's it's this balance between something that's more open-ended, right? Like as it stands most creative pursuits if they're not if they're more of a hobby, they're not professional. Um, that like those things can be pretty open ended. Like they don't have a deadline. You know, there's no one standing behind me with a big stick saying, "Get your song out and whacking me when I don't." You know, um, and for you, there is like you're on the opposite side of that where you're like, I send something out every single Sunday, and you're trying to back that up, being like, I want to get ahead, so I'm not putting out crap. You know, I want to put out stuff that's good, that's worth people's time, and. Uh, yeah, it that is such a tension, you know, because I would I would love to have more real um pressure, I guess, if that's the right term. And you know, I I'm thinking about like in a in a more professional setting when you go to record, you're paying for studio time. You know, maybe you're paying 500 bucks a day, 1000 bucks a day to record. So you get in there and you use up all of that time, and there's a producer there, you're not the one in control of the recording. There's someone there who's a producer who says, all right, play that one more time. You play it. Okay, let's punch in at this point where you're going to record just that small piece. You're like, okay, great. Now let's do that 17 more times. And they're like driving the whole process, and you're just being creative. You know, like you're not pushing yourself to make that happen. Um, But when you're like me in this particular context, you don't have that. And I don't have anybody paying me. Like this isn't the thing that I'm using to make money. So I don't. I'm not like I need to pay rent this month. Therefore, I need to get a song out. You know, um, and and then on the other side, it's like there's the deadlines, and those become almost not not like the producer, but those become the the driving force of I want to keep to my word, and I want to provide value, and I want to. Um, you know, make sure that these people are are getting what they signed up for, and then you know, further. I mean, I know you've got further plans for Creator Glue and um, and things, and so all of that builds up so that you know, how are you? It's like you, it's like you have to start thinking of uh, of ways to be now, so that when it becomes a more like more of a thing, that you're not the day before you launch a product and you still need to make the product, you know, (laughs) not like, not like either of us have ever done that before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, that's the interesting thing with any creative pursuit is that setting a deadline has really good benefits because you put yourself in some kind of constraint and you know, the, the saying constraints breed creativity. I truly believe that like you, Mm. you have to get creative to, to meet that deadline. But then I think there's also room for things that just don't have a deadline Mm. and it's hard to figure out what those things are. Like, you know, I think of painters for whatever reason, when I think about Mm. deadlines, because 
you know, I can see somebody who wants to maybe, you know, have a painting every few months or something. And they, they have like deadlines for that. But then there's some piece that's like their treasured piece they've been working on for years and years. Yeah. And I just think it's fascinating to think about, I guess I'm like, I'm sounding super millennial right now, but do it <laughs> thinking do about it. life before the internet, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of people who do creative work, not all, but a lot of people who do creative work have some kind of way to share that. Right. So, and if they do, then they want to create more and more so they can share more and, and like build up an audience. And that's, it's more of a thing than it was before the internet. And I think because of that, it's like, it's easier for people to give themselves deadlines sometimes because you're thinking, well, Mm. I need to get seven things out this week because I have, you know, every day I want to post something in some ways that's good because you're giving yourself deadlines in some ways. I think it means you start churning out crap (laughs) because you just, like I said earlier, you're just trying to like meet a deadline and that's all. Um, but then I think about famous painters from long ago and, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of who it was. Van Gogh, I think was eventually just out on this farm. I, I maybe have the wrong artist. I hope I don't. I think it was Van Gogh who eventually ended up just out on this farm with his brother living in this like small home out in the middle of nowhere. They had no the original like, tiny home. Yeah. But, but he at least had like nothing he had to do other than painting and there was no online audience. There was no town square he's going to, he's out in the middle of nowhere. Like that, just, just thinking about that, like that takes some willpower to eventually say, I'm done with this painting Mm. and somehow I'm going to like get this in front of a lot of people. It's just very interesting to me. Yeah. Like how, how did they determine something's fully done? That's such a, I mean, that's a great question. Like, how do you know when it's there? You know, like, I don't know. That's such a, that you, you have stumped me because I don't know. I don't really know because I think of all of the various creative things I've ever made. Um, you know, I'm, I think very specifically about, the the first album, like the first full length album that I ever wrote and produced and mixed and mastered and whatever, um, took me seven years to complete. And I started it when I was in college, and I finished it right before we moved to uh, Ireland and back in uh, 2016. And it took me seven years because I mean there was there was stuff there was like you know, we had kids and we, we like got married had kids live life we're working like blah 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 all this stuff, um, and I remember just being like I need to finish this before we move because if we move internationally like I'll never get this done. I, I, that was kind of where I where I looked at that, and so I just said it just has to be done. But I remember like going through the recording process and thinking like I could record this one more time. And and this is, I think, is another issue with the digital world, you know, where you can do anything as many times as you need to. You can con- you can Command Z, 
You can, you know, make a new draft. You can record over it. Like I was, um, my brother's working on a, a Christmas song right now on, um, the, the, it's like a punk song and it's like everything on earth sucks. So I want to have Christmas on all the other planets. And like, it's kind of a fun kind of tongue in cheek, kind of a kind of song kind of, it's really fun. Um, and he asked me to record a lead for it, you know, and I'll like that solo thing, which is like a lead sort of a deal just so that we can make music together again. And it's really simple and whatever it's punk. So it's not complicated. Um, and for the one lead, which was maybe two measures at the very beginning, the intro, um, I think I had something like 30 to 40 takes um, just over and over and over and over and over again. And, and what's funny about that is that it's, that's a relatively new thing that you can do with, I mean, relatively new. I say like, you know, 30 years, 30, 40 years. Um, because back in the day, you'd record to tape, right? And you can't record to tape too many times until you know, like it's going to degrade the mm-hmm. more that you do this. And at, at a certain point, you're just like, that's all the takes we could get. <laughs> you know, like you can't, we can't fit anymore on there, or we just can't record on this tape anymore. And and then that was it. And then you were just done. And you weren't doing all of this extra stuff, you know, like you when you wrote your newsletter three thousand years ago, you wrote it on papyrus and that was it. <laughs> and yeah. you sent it off to one person, you know. Um, but I mean, even before the printing press, you know, everything was done by hand. And um, and and digital just makes it so easy to procrastinate and to do things over and to not finish because you can keep uh, like clawing after perfection and that exact thing, and you can claw away and climb, and all of a sudden you realize all you're doing is just delaying anything, but any conclusion. Think about this too, though. Your your album, I noticed something, so I want to go back real fast. Your album, okay. when you made your album, when did you consider it done? What so I still, I still don't think it's done. But you made, I went and I, you made a physical I, CD. I did. You made, yeah, yeah, yeah. you made it, you recorded it digitally and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and then you're like, well, it's done. You would call it done because it went yeah. out to people. Yeah, mm-hmm. people. I, I probably think about think done. about Van Gogh in the middle of nowhere and a farm, <laughs> finishing yeah. a painting, and saying, "This is done." Nobody's there. Like, yeah, I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing. I'm not. I'm not implying that. Like, oh, that's silly or something. I'm just highlighting the fact that in this the digital age that we're in with the internet and all these things, we often consider things done because we can be our own publishers and our own like promoters. And we finish these things and we put them out there and we show other people that we're done with these things. Even, Mm. even 30 years ago, like you could record to a tape or, you know, um, even before that, like you could record to a record, right. And you could say like, sure. Here you go. This is something I've created. But before that, you just had to say, my song's done. And then you go play it for people and, and they appreciate it. And you right. keep playing it the same way for people. Like, there's not that 
there's something to that to me of, of thinking that something's done without just putting it in front of people, like your own satisfaction mm-hmm. of saying this thing is done. Yeah. It's hard for me because I, I, even when it was done, quote unquote, I remember I did this a couple of times where um, I was pretty cheap when, or I was cheap, cheap and poor <laughs> when, when I was releasing it. And so I did a digital master, which means I took the final mixed files and I uploaded it to like, it was like eMaster or Lander or something like that. And it does like this kind of, you know, it says something like AI mastering and it like boosts the loudness and it compresses and it does a bunch of stuff with it. And, um, you know, if you're making a, like a serious album or song or whatever, you get a person to do that and they'd like do their, their whole thing. Um, but I would do that and I'd be like, it's done. It's mastered. And then I would listen to it and go, I could turn the piano up a little bit in that spot. (laughs) (laughs) And I would, I did it like three or four times after it was quote unquote done because I could. And I chalk that up mostly to like lack of experience and professionalism and the fact that I didn't have anyone other than me working on the project so I could hear too much, you know? Um, But it's a really good point that you say like, at one point, I had to submit it to get printed to CD and zip it in a file so I could send it off to people. And um, I think only like a handful of people bought it on Bandcamp or something like that. But yeah, then I couldn't touch it. You know, anything I wanted to do after that, it's that's the product. You know, um, but it's so hard for me to get to that point. It's so hard. Yeah, Ugh. I just think there's something to be said for us. Well, I don't know the word I'm looking for. It's like your own your own internal like well-being and satisfaction of just being able to say something's done before it's in front of anybody. Like just being able to be okay with that and say, this is done. I'm good. Maybe I'll put it out there. Maybe I won't. Right. Like maybe I won't ever share it, but it's done. I can call it done in my head and like I'm moving on to the next thing. That's kind of rare these days. But how do you know? How do you know it's done? Like I know. What, what, yeah. Are you just there have ways? to find yeah, your like, own. I think you just have to find your own piece about it. Like is, is that, mm. do I feel content? That's what I'm looking for. Like mm. our own ability to just be content with, I did this thing. Seems great. I'm calling it done. Regardless of if you're going to share it or not, just calling it done. Yeah. And feeling content with that. Also a little bit off topic, yeah. but when I hear remastered, Tell me. I think about the illusion that I had as a child because I would hear, you know, like Disney movies and they're like completely digitally remastered. Yeah. You think that means they like went through this thing and like did a bunch of cool cleanup stuff and all that. And then you realize that basically <laughs> they just recorded it to a computer. <laughs> they took it from film to a DVD and they're distributing it in a different format. It doesn't mean they did like some kind of crazy, like they might have changed the color grading. They might have, but like they make it sound like they just like completely redid the film. That's that's how they made it sound. (laughs) And then you realize later, I'm sure there are some who did that. Yeah, yeah. it was mostly just putting it digital. Yeah, I think this is an interesting piece, and I know we're coming to the end of our time here. Um, And I and I I feel like I want to continue talking about this, maybe even to next week. Kind of carry on. How do you know when something is done? Um, and it's not because, because this is more, I mean, we started off talking about like, 
it doesn't get completed because we're worried about what it won't be. And we're judging it before it even exists, which has so much runoff, right? When you don't complete a project or you don't finish a thing or you keep working on it, that means that you're not allowing yourself to make new things. And you're just looping on this one thing. I've been working on this one song that I have written like 70% of and I keep overcomplicating it. And every time I go down, I sit down to record or I sit down to write more on it. Um, I just overcomplicate it. And I've been working on that one for like four months, five months. I don't think it should take that long, you know? But I'm, I don't feel that satisfaction you're talking about. I don't feel that contentment of, okay, I'm there. And maybe what needs to happen is, maybe I need to have a plan, you know? Maybe, maybe there's a piece of that for me is to say, like, make it less open-ended and say, you know, before I do anything else, I need to have this done, I have this done and this done, and then I need to record all the way through just the acoustic guitar and and then go from there, you know, and not just have it because yeah, I, I I I try to edit while I go. And it's it's always that's always been one of the biggest detriments of my creative world is trying to edit while I write or try to Me too. you know, I, I you know, like yeah, you try to get that finished product, that that glowing presentation. Uh, before it even exists, you know, it's painting the house before you've got the foundation even there. You know, I need to like screen record myself writing and then just force myself to watch it so that I realize the agony I put myself through. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about it, and I'll like that's a really good I'll idea. I'll type an entire sentence yeah. and then I'm like backspace all the way back to the beginning and like yeah. retype it and then retype it again. If I had to sit there and watch it, I'd be like, "This, what are you doing? Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Please stop." But what but what's a better version? Just like just doing the rough stuff and then fixing it? Like what's I, I really to get think to a place so. where we can end it and and feel like I've got some homework to do, you know? I really think it's putting that like I think rough the term rough draft exists for a very specific wise reason. <laughs> and that is mm. to get your ideas out there and then come back and fine tune them because what you're really doing with editing is fine tuning an idea. But if the idea is not fully there, then you're you're fine tuning something that doesn't exist yet. And that's that's so good. Why it's so frustrating. That's such a that oh, Kyle. I'm just gonna get that little clip of what you just said and I'm just gonna loop it and I'm gonna fall asleep listening <laughs> to <that laughs> on loop. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I, I think I think this is a good exploration. Um, and maybe we'll talk about this next week. Maybe we won't, but um, talking more about going from that rough draft into the completion mode. You know, I we've spent a lot of time. You know, we were talking about this before the show. Spending a lot of time talking about being parents and being dads, and that's the whole. You know, that's part of that. Like this show, but the other part of the show is also just being creative. What does it mean to be creative? And you know how things like the you know the um, constraint of time that we've talked about with having kids, how does that play into, you know, this sort of a thing? Like, am I not completing stuff because I have a limited amount of time and I don't have enough time to get into that flow to make the rough draft? Or I, I'm like, I only have a limited amount of time, so I have to do everything as pristine as I can because otherwise I'll be working on this forever because I'll never be able to get out of the rough draft mode. So I, I'd love to pursue that a little bit more and kind of, yeah, kind of get into a, a little bit of you know, practical steps we can take um, to make things a little, maybe even make things a little less open-ended, 
you know, whenever we need to. And I, I think that's something that that sounds like homework for me. Figure out how to make it a little less open ended. I have my own homework too now. I've kind of given myself my own homework here, but Artic- articulate it so then we can hold ourselves accountable. Yeah, like I have thoughts on the final, but we'll save that for next time. But I I do okay. <laughs> have thoughts about that and how you can use a draft to be a constraint. Good. I think we should. I, we'll let's we'll carry this on. We'll do this another. We'll do another. That was me opening a loop. Be good. Come back next time. <sighs> that, was, that was good. That was really good. I like this conversation, Kyle. Thanks for chatting about this with me. Yeah, of course. That's good. Um, well, thank you so much for listening. If you've been following along, we uh, we really appreciate you. Um, if you'd like to listen to other podcasts or other episodes on the show, you can go to our website, dadmade.co. Um, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, you can sign up for the newsletter, which uh, is where we send out newsletters. <laughs> uh, but we send out the episode a day early um, for newsletter subscribers as a thank you. Um, and we also um, go back and forth and talk with uh, subscribers on uh, people, talk with people like you who want to kind of chat about the show or the topics. And uh, if you've got something you'd like for us to chat about, um, we'd we'd love to we'd love to hear from you. So dadmade.co, that's what I'll shout out this week. Um, what about you, Kyle? Where can people go to find all of your rough drafts and all of your finished works? <laughs> uh, you can find me at creatorglue.com. Uh, all the links are there. I'm on Twitter slash X a lot, and that that's linked on my site. So come chat. It'd be great. Uh, I, I thought there for a minute, Corey, that you were going to suggest they go listen to other podcasts. <laughs> you said if you'd like to listen to our, other podcasts. Pod- uh, yeah. <laughs> If you're tired well, of listening I mean, to us you know, and you want to hear some other people, we have recommendations. <laughs> I mean, that that wouldn't be too bad if we had a recommendation podcast for a podcast that we podcast. Wow. That's deep. Too much? Pod, podception? Mm-hmm. Too much. Okay. <laughs> well, good show, Kyle. I look good forward to the next you. one. Me too. Bye. Bye. like talking about this kyle me too this was a good this is has all we're of still my, recording oh yeah well, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this will be the after show don't worry about it uh.